Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 8, May 21st, 2022. So glad you could make it. This week's episode is titled Fear and Freedom Songs. If you've listened any along the way, then you know that uh, I've talked about how uh, Fish and their music and their lyrics has been very meaningful to me over the past couple of years. Their lyrics helped me to gain some perspective in some turbulent times, um, my own mental and anxiety issues. But uh, one of the songs, one of the main songs is called Everything's Right. And part of the words say, I'm going downhill with increasing speed and compassion gives way if you listen to greed. Focus on the past and that's what will last. Nothing that is real and nothing you can feel. Focus on tomorrow and you'll have to borrow images and mind and thoughts you've left behind. Focus on today and you'll find a way. Happiness is how, rooted in the now. Everything's right, so just hold tight. I do have dreams of being a pastor, pastoral dreams, perhaps. Um, Not because I have it all figured out and I'm ready to tell everyone the way that it ought to be. But I think mainly because I know that I don't. Um, I, I have been a pastor. I was a part-time youth pastor at Sandy Run um, Church when I first graduated from college and Sarah was still a senior in college. I taught at a, a small Christian school for a couple of years, which uh, allowed me kind of that opportunity as well. And then, of course, I've been teaching for 19 years now at Crest and I don't violate the First Amendment, of course, but uh, the kids know that when I step out in front of the podium that I'm about to go off on some type of tangent where I get my preacher man voice, I guess. Um, Sarah and I were college pastors of sorts for several years through Broad River Church. We had kids, uh, students come through our house um, weekly for, for years and years. And then uh, we were, I was actually a teaching pastor uh, at Broad River for a couple of years right there at the end for us. And then the Church of Six has found a lot of different variations. And maybe one day it'll be us actually sitting around together. We shall see. But, But part of what I mean when I bring up pastoral dreams or, or my, vocation as a pastor and a teacher is my belief in being vulnerable and letting you know what's really real and not trying to hide my humanity or our humanity. And that's really tough stuff because we can get stamped on and, 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 um, we can get hurt and it's happened. That's happened to me. It's happened to you. But anyway, sp- speaking of um, Sandy Run and, and just getting out of college, maybe we'll start with uh, a funny story about fear. Um, 
we we lived in Mooresboro, freshly married. Like I said, we it was an awesome house. Our the pastor of the church rented it to us for for really cheap, and um, but it was dark out there. You know, I grew up in the metropolis of of Boiling Springs, and so at least we had street lights. Uh, and it was super dark out there. And there's a bunch of stuff that happened around there. Like my friend was a reporter and he called us one night late and said there had been a, I mean, a, a murder down the street from us. And I was like, oh man, great. We, we we had this antenna, you know, TV. We only had a couple of channels. And so uh, it was that antenna, like you turn the dial. I don't even know if young folks understand what I mean by this, but you turn the dial inside and the thing would move on the top of the, of the house and would make that sound in, 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 in. anyway, but we only got a couple channels. We watched shows like eliminate shows like the fifth wheel. Um, our main show was showtime at the Apollo. And we were doing that one night we were watching showtime at the Apollo and there was a knock on the front door and pe- people didn't knock on our front door. Like that wasn't where you came in. If you knew us, you came in the side entrance where, the driveway was. And so it was just really weird to have this knock on the door late at night in this really dark countryside um, where all these other things were happening. And I opened the front door with the chain still on. And there was a woman out there who, you know, was disheveled and and obviously needed help. And we got her the help. I I don't like, this is a a hard part to tell the story because I don't want to make this part funny, but it just, it just is part of the context. Um, you know, I thought somebody was going to jump out of the bushes when we let her in and Sarah's punching me on the arm to, to let this girl in. And, and we did, and we got her taken care of and it was all, it was all good. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of the stuff that was, that was going on. And so, you know, I would lie awake at night thinking of how I was going to, um, you know, vanquish the, uh, intruder and we had a fireplace it, it didn't work but we had all the um the tools you know the fireplace tools and so i would i would visualize myself with the fire poker doing some you know some pretty high level karate moves and things like that where i would certainly um be victorious in defeating my opponent i, I kept our axe inside not not really because I, I was worried about somebody getting it and chopping the door. Oh no, that was why. Uh, not because I thought somebody was going to use it against us, but because I didn't want them to be able to chop the door down. Um, yeah, just really dumb stuff. But anyway, that that's just kind of the context. And so one night, yeah, I had to, I had to get up to go pee. All right. Middle of the night. And I stumble in eyes, half closed. Um, I don't want to have to turn the light on. I don't want to have to become awake. I want to be able to go back to bed and um, fall back to sleep. And so, yeah, I leave the light off. And 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 because of that, I, you know, look, I don't care what you think about me. I'm a I'm a grown man. I'm 44 years old. If I want to sit down to pee, I will. Um, that way, I don't have to worry about turning the light on. So that's what I'm doing, and I begin to shuffle back. Well. Well, Sarah didn't know that I had gotten up. We're we're just married, and we're not used to sleeping. She she had lived in India for a year, was used to sleeping on like hard floors and all this kind of stuff. So we're still arranging our sleeping habits and all that kind of stuff. And so 
she didn't know I had gotten up and, and, and so she got up and she had to go to the bathroom as well. And, and I, look, I don't know why does she need to turn the light on because she's going to sit down to pee. And so I don't know why she has to turn the light on, but, but she did. And she turned it on as at the very moment where I was coming out of the bathroom door, she is coming in, she turns the light on and there we are face to face. And ah, I don't want to scream too loud uh, in your ears on this podcast, but that's what was going on. I just let out a primal scream. And the thing is, is that when she saw my face and me screaming, she thought that I saw someone behind her. And so she started screaming. And there we are, two grown people screaming at three o'clock in the morning. And then as you will, we uh, we then went around the house and turned all the lights on. We're just holding each other. And I don't know if we were crying or not. We ended up laughing about it, I guess. But yeah, that's uh, that's me. That's uh, That's how my sympathetic nervous system works. Definitely very jumpy. And so, you know, a couple of fears. I've, I've got them labeled funny fears. They're not necessarily funny. Some of them are very common. If you if you follow me on Instagram at all, DT underscore madness is the Instagram uh, podcast page. But uh, I have my own main page as well. But I, I go down to the river. I go down to the Broad River almost every day. I love being down there so much. And so you'd think because I love being outside so much, I wouldn't be so super jumpy about bugs getting on me, but I am. Um, I don't like them to fly. I don't like them to be on me. I just don't like bugs. I don't like walking into to spider webs. I don't like those kinds of things. Isaac laughs at me because when we, when we watch Survivor, you know, they're always showing a big spider or a snake climbing around and I just close my eyes. I don't even want to, I don't want to look at it. I can't watch those parts where, you know, Spider-Man gets bitten and first infected. I don't, I don't like that part. I'm definitely afraid of heights or at least of falling off of them. I do deal with some vertigo a little bit. And so that does make some sense about being afraid of being up high. Um, I don't like jellyfish. I'm not really scared of sharks, but I don't really enjoy getting in the ocean for very long because I don't want to get stung by a jellyfish or certainly dive into a wave and have one, you know, attached to my face because that's what they do, right? I have a fear of cops, which is funny because my dad was one for a long time and I am the mayor and I drive around and I do not have anything illegal in my car. I'm not doing anything illegal or suspect. Haven't in a long time, but if a cop gets uh, behind me, then I definitely get sped up and nervous and um, go 10 and 2 on the wheel. I have a, I definitely have a fear of like tall bridges. There's this one when you're coming up out of St. Augustine, Florida. Oh man. It's like one that kind of goes up. Oof. I do not like that. I can drive over it. I don't know if I could right now, honestly. The last time we came back from St. Augustine, I haven't been back down that way. And I had dreams about a bridge like that for, I don't even remember how long. I mean, dozens 
maybe dozens of times I had a dream and I could never get over it. I could never get over um, the bridge. I would always fall off or something like that. And then one day I did. One day we got over and I have not had that dream since. So you can start your dream interpretations of me now, but I do not enjoy those types of tall bridges. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of flying again. This is not rational. I understand that the statistics are better if you're flying that than they are driving. And, and I I won't get into this whole story here because it'll take too long. But one time we, you know, we, we flew out Sarah and I for our 10th anniversary, we flew out to LA and I got so worried and so nervous that we traded in our flight home, rented a car, drove back from LA to Charlotte. We didn't stop. We we made it in 36 hours. I'm not kidding. I'll tell you the full story one of these days because there's plenty that goes along with it. I realize how stupid that is. I realize how much more dangerous that was than flying on an airplane. I didn't say it was rational. I think I'm afraid of people feeling like they're going to fail and maybe me too. Like when I tell the kids good luck in their game or something like that, I'll, I'll say good luck, go get them, you know, but then I, I'm always, uh, want to say, but you know, if, if you don't make the team or if you don't, you know, win the game, then it's okay. And, it doesn't, it's not the end of the, like I always try to add in that qualifier because I, I think I don't want them to feel, um, I don't know, sadness. L- last one in this category is, I put it as foodborne illnesses. This is funny too. My daughter and I share this. I'm sure I've projected these fears onto her. She's learned through observation or whatever. My dad uh, was in the army in Texas and the milk would, would always, would, would often, I guess, be spoiled. And so he always smelled his milk every time he opened it. And so I picked up on that, but now I'm like, Oh, any type of discoloration or, you know, my father-in-law will eat bread that has mold on it. And I, yeah, I'm not going for that. And so it's, I'm stupid picky, super picky on stuff like that. I need to to let go of that kind of stuff, but, um, I don't know so far. I haven't, I I have a couple of things that I'm not afraid of that. I think maybe some people are, or that I definitely should be like, I don't worry about money. That's not a thing for me. Money is just money. I'm not worried about being on what's the guy's name, Larry, what's his name, Larry Ramsey, whatever. Um, he, uh, I, yeah, I don't, that's not for me. I'm not holding on to money in those kinds of ways. We're, we're more of a, uh, what is it? X two or X four. We like to put all our money in one big pot and we spend it when we have it on, on not stupid stuff, you know, but whatever. Uh, I'm not afraid of nuclear war, which with the events of today, perhaps that would be something that I should be more fearful of instead of a tiny little bug getting on my arm while I'm at the river. I'm not afraid of climate change. That's not to say that I, I don't think, you know, that's not a, a political statement. That's just saying I recognize how drastic this um, thing is that's happening to the earth, but I don't experience fear over it. And, and probably I should, uh, you know, more than flying on an airplane. 
I'm not afraid of our political conversation or how religion and politics have gotten married and kind of skewed each other. Maybe I'm not uh, afraid of that. C.S. Lewis has a good quote that is probably out of context, but he, he says something to the effect of, you know, nobody ever told me that um, fear and grief feel so much the same. And I think that in this respect, that the grief is probably more what I feel for for how our conversation has um, turned. But but anyway, so that's just a little bit of an introduction, and we'll take a we'll take a little halftime break here. It'll be a short break today, not the typical three questions, but just. Uh, one question and then a short a short story maybe with a question attached but uh, here's a question for you how many of you if you go into the bathroom at a guest's house you go into someone else's bathroom before you do your business how many of you actually look behind the shower curtain before you get settled in you know before you do whatever it is you came to do and I have found when asking this question to my students that it is way more than half of the people who look behind the shower curtain, not because they're nosy, but because they want to make sure nobody's back there. Which my follow-up question to that is always, what are you going to do if, if somebody is back there? Um, but, but anyway, how many of you look behind the shower curtain of someone else's bathroom before you get settled in? And the other one is totally uh, not related to fear or anything else. Um, but I was asked by a student yesterday, what was Naked Hill at Gardner Webb? They had heard that I was somehow related to that. And I want to tell you that that made me feel legendary because that was 21 years ago. It had snowed in February of, you know, whatever, 2000. It might have been 22 years ago. Um and there's a hill back by Lake Holyfield at Gardner Webb, um, down near the gazebo. And I was dared and bet, I think it was $10 from my friend, Jeremy Berger, who said, I, uh, you know, he'd give me $10 if I sledded down the hill naked. And I made the, the, um, bargain that I at least got to carry my boots down with me on the sled. So I didn't have to walk back up the hill. But otherwise, that is exactly what I did. And it's I'm glad I didn't crash. But I did. I pulled it off and marched back up victorious. And I'm not sure I ever got my $10, Jamie Berger. I want it. I want my $10. And with inflation these days, mm, let's calculate how much that really is. Have you ever done anything like that uh, on a dare or a bet? Um I don't know. Like I said, legendary. All right, then. Well, this is, uh, this is the part, the vulnerability part, I guess. And maybe the, the songs of freedom part. Um, I knew that I was going to talk about this all week, maybe longer than that. And I've had blocks and physical <laughs> differences. Yeah. Okay. Get on with it. DT.
I do have deeper fears. Like I have deeper fears than, than heights and flying on plane. Those are real. I mean, I experience the sympathetic nervous system activation. I surely do whatever adrenaline or whatever types of things are flowing through my, my body, but I have deeper fears. Um, I don't want to go to the doctor. Like I don't, anytime I go to the doctor, my blood pressure is always super high. Um, I keep my blood pressure thing here to make sure that that isn't a common thing. It just is. I get so freaked out because I know, again, I know it's irrational. I understand that if there is something that, that, that needs to be dealt with and the doctors can, can deal with it. And by ignoring it, it's not going to go away. I mean, I fool myself into thinking that's some kind of faith, you know, that if I'll just, if I just don't go and don't find out, then it'll be okay. You know, that's kind of twisted stuff, man. And, um, it's tough for me. That is a huge, huge part of fear and anxiety for me. Um, I, I, I have like real fears about my, about my kids, you know, like, and I know, I know I project or like transfer this stress onto them. I wish I didn't. I wish I could learn better. Um, that's my goal here with um, putting this out there here to the podcastosphere. But, you know, there, there's some songs that help me explain what I mean. We, we we saw Hamilton in Charlotte last weekend, and we saw Dave Matthews last night in Charlotte. And so a lot of those songs are on my mind. People ask me uh, what I'm thinking about when I listen to this music. But, um, yeah, anyway, here, here's kind of a glimpse into that. One of the songs from from Hamilton is called Dear Theodosia. And um, when Hamilton is singing, he's singing about his, about his son, but that could, you know, could be son or daughter for me. And he says, when you smile, I am undone. Look at my son. Pride is not the word I'm looking for. There's so much more. And that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just overflowing, y'all. Like, I have so much in me that loves these kids so much. But I don't want there to be fear and anxiety that goes along with that. That's not that's not real. I'm not sure uh, what I think about this. I think the Buddha said it, or at least the Instagram meme of the Buddha said it, that attachment was such a huge part of our of our anxiety that letting go is where it's at. And I, I know that that's, I know that that's true, but, but, but then I'm like, well, what about love though? And there's this poem I love by Pablo Neruda that, that says, you know, I love you like this because I don't know any other way to love, you know, so close that your hand upon my chest is mine. So close that when your eyes close, I dream. That's how I feel about my kids like they are so much a part of me you know but but love isn't heavy it may be a burden you know with love and you know grief comes along with that um but jesus says that the burden is light and so it, whatever burden there is that comes along with love is is light, and so I, I don't want to have these fears about 
how my kids are going to feel or what they're going to experience. Um, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Another song that comes along to help explain is, is Dave Matthews. And he sings, you know, I'll sing and dance. I'll play for you tonight. The thrill of it all. Dark clouds may hang on me sometimes, but I'll work it out. Then I look up at the sky with my mouth open wide. What's the use in worrying? What's the use in hurrying? Turn, turn, we almost become dizzy. Another song that played last night, Granny, you know, uh, Dave sings, Here we are, all of us stand around, we're leaning heavy on each other. Always wondering what it is that lies behind the worried eyes of one another. And I believe it's love hiding there in the shadows, in the darkness. Maybe we'll shed a little light and it will shine. Dave sings. And that one moves me. Um, I was going to end this podcast all week long. I was going to end it with a Jason Isbell lyric from a song called However Long, which says, I ain't afraid no more. However long the night the dawn will break again. I believe that. I believe it with, with my head. I, I feel it, you know. I feel the goodness of it. I feel the glory of it. But I can't convince my, my body to believe it, if that makes sense, you know. Like, I can't just hold on to it. It's easy for me to tell you to overcome your fears. You know, whatever that is, like, oh, just come on. Whether that's being in a big crowd, whether that's speaking in front of people, you know, whatever it is that your fears are, it's easy for me to tell you, hey, it's no big deal. Just come on down. Just do the thing that you're afraid of because I don't have that one. But I know it's not easy for me to overcome mine. And so, you know, I, 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 I want to I have sympathy for what your fears are. But I do want us to get stronger together. I want to get stronger. I want us to overcome our fears, whatever and however that, you know, whatever and however that path unfolds for us to, to move towards overcoming these fears together. I um, was putting the final touches on this podcast while I was sitting and watching the house where I grew up burn. It's a, it's a controlled burn. They're, they're burning down campus house at, at Gardner Webb, which again, like speaking of grief, like I really am a Gardner Webb lifer. I grew up there. Um, it's what makes the grief about what happened and, and, and how they treated my dad. So, so poignant, so sharp, maybe, I don't know. There's a there's a song that um, Trey sings on his Ghost of the Forest album. He wrote that in response to a death of one of his friends, but um, I'm About to Run is the name of the song, and he says, Sometimes the ghost is quiet, but the ghost is always there. And it seems now, it seems no matter how far I go, he goes with me, sitting on the floor, thinking, breathing, bleeding, burning. I'm about to run. I know about ghosts, y'all. I know about the haunting that comes with trauma. I know. I have lived with it for close to 40 years. 
I was just a kid. And and watching that house burn, so many good memories, but it's almost like maybe those ghosts were floating away in the smoke. I've only begun to scratch the surface of the the shame and guilt and the defenses that I've built. And and yielding to vulnerability, facing down my fears and and unraveling all that has me wrapped up tight, dealing with that grief. That's a war in which I have lost so many battles. So yeah, I I want to get stronger. I want us to get stronger. I don't want to be scared anymore. I don't want to have this fear. Um, I watched a movie recently that I've seen a couple times called The Butler and Forrest Whitaker. I mean, what an amazing performance. And at the end, he he's talking about engaging in civil rights protests. But I think this quote fits here. Because um, he, he's kind of avoided it and just going along with uh, with the safer way, with the safer path. But at the end, he, he says, sometimes I think I'm just scared of what it really means. But I'm trying not to be scared anymore. I want to live with all the things that that means. The experience of existence in all of its glory. And all of its tragedy. And in the glimpses of the goodness that it yields. But know this, I I see you. I want us to get stronger. I want to get stronger. But on those days where it doesn't seem like that's possible, I see you. I sympathize. I empathize with you. With whatever obstacles you have with whatever burdens that makes the days feel so heavy sometimes. I know. I do. I was asked what my favorite song from Hamilton is this week, and there's no doubt in my mind that it's it's quiet uptown. The words say that there are moments that the words don't reach. There's a grace too powerful to name. We push away what we can never understand. We push away the unimaginable. I love that. But what if we got better at holding on to that grace? What if we didn't push it away? What if we got better at holding on to it together? What does that do? You know, What would that do if we didn't push away this, this grace that's too powerful to name, that we know is out there, that we experience? You've experienced it. I've experienced it. I've tasted it. You know it in the relationships that you've had, that you have, in the look of the eye of someone that you love, in the beauty of creation, in the song that lifts you out of, <laughs> like out of your body. You know what I mean? Like, there's a grace too powerful to name. And if we could just hold on to that grace a little bit longer and not push it away, I think that for our mental and our physical that our reactions would be life-giving. I'll say this. I don't know if you've read or seen Lord of the Rings. So I guess spoiler alert maybe, but at the end, Frodo is trying his best and he's 
He's made this long journey carrying this really, really heavy burden that saps all of his life away and turns him into things that he's not. Distorts him. And his goal is to throw the ring into the fire to destroy it. And he can't make it. He can't make it those last little few steps. He doesn't have it. But his friend Sam picks him up and carries him. And I will say this to you, that as long as I have any strength, I will be Sam to your Frodo. And maybe just as important, or maybe more importantly for me, is I need to be better at letting you be my Sam. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to me. This was not an easy episode for me, and I think next week we'll go into a bracket of some sort, some type of uh, lighter fare to deal with. But these are the chronicles from my third life. This is me wrestling with what it means to be 44 in the season that we're in. So all my love to you, for real. For real, for real. Peace, my friends. This episode is brought to you by the Church of Six, by the Bucket of Life, by the Foundation Tower of Stone, and by the Magic Rock. 